Do you dream of having time and money freedom? Are you looking for ways to enjoy business and life harmony or just to improve your business and yourself? Welcome to Reclaim Your Freedom with your host, Shirley Dalton. In this program, you'll learn from experts in business, leadership, personal development, and mindset to help you create your ideal business lifestyle, whatever that means for you. And now, here's your host, Shirley Dalton. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Reclaim Your Freedom and I'm your host, Shirley Dalton. I'm on a mission to help you reclaim your freedom and create your ideal business lifestyle. As the number one authority on proven profitable processes, I help you get your business under control, grow yourself and your team so that your business works for you and your team, giving you more money, more time and less stress. And if you'd like to know more, I invite you to visit ShirleyDalton.com. In my role as radio and TV show host, I bring you additional experts to help you improve your business and your life. And today we're talking with customer experience strategist and CEO of RAF and Associates, Jill Raff, about how to win your customer's heart and watch your business thrive. Welcome, Jill. Thank you, Shirley. I'm really happy to be here to talk to you today. Thank you for having me. Yes, and I can't wait to share your story because it's an amazing story with our listeners today. Jill, you started, you're no stranger to business or providing excellence in customer service. Growing up in the McDonald's family chain of restaurants, you worked your way through every section from age three in your parents' restaurant. From there, you travelled and worked extensively throughout Europe, graduating in Paris with Le Cordon Bleu qualifications, working with number one Michelin star restaurants, as well as being a stagier in Harrods Pastry Kitchen. And not limiting yourself to the food and restaurant industry, you're an experienced fashion designer for renowned American and European labels, as well as having helped your customers to close over $20 million in sales as a licensed realtor in New York and Texas. And today, combining your obsession with delivering extraordinary customer service and 25 years of training at the highest levels of world-class service delivery, both front and back of house where impeccable is mandatory across different industries and different continents, you've developed your own proprietary seven ingredient customer experience transformation process. You're also a contributing author for transforming transactions into interactions and that's what we want to talk about today. Transaction or interaction, how to win your customer's heart and watch your business thrive. So let's start with a few definitions. What do you mean by transaction or interaction and how can knowing the difference win our customer's heart and help our business to thrive? Absolutely. Thank you. <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you, Shirley. Uh, yes, there is a huge difference in between a transaction and an interaction. And unfortunately, so many businesses today function on a transactional basis. And what that means to me is that there is a trade of business, a service, product, goods for money. It's just a basic transaction. For example, if you notice, if you drive up to an ATM and you complete your transaction, you get your money, they say, would you like another transaction? Because that's really what it is. It's just an exchange. It's not personal. There's no genuine conversation. There's no interaction between people. And why it's so important to make that distinction is because people are people first mm -hmm. and their customers second, right? And everyone wants to be treated like a person, not like just a sales ticket. Oh, I like that. I, I do like that. And that reminds me, and you've been in the real estate industry. I had some clients in the real estate industry and um, the chap got me to come in and teach his team some empathy and, and I was appalled at the time because they were using that term too, transaction, you know, oh, this transaction, that transaction. And I'm like, you're thinking, no, they're people. <laughs> yeah, it's true. And, you know, um, I actually, I'm licensed, as you mentioned, in New York and Texas. And next month I'm actually giving a talk to my market center at Keller Williams here. And one of the points that I bring up is that in that industry, they do refer to it as a transaction. And yet our company culture and our values so much emphasizes the interaction and um, doing the the actions and taking the behavior to create referrals 
from your customers and not treat them let it, like a transaction. And yet it was established, I don't know how many years ago, decades ago, that it's a transaction and they still use that term today. So I'm on a goal to try to change that. Yeah, well, it's a good goal. It's a good mission. And in <laughs> fact, it reminds me, I was out to dinner the other night and one of the chaps that we were at, because you're in the hospitality industry there, and he was complaining about another cafe that he went to and he hadn't been there before and didn't realise that you had to get your own cutlery. Anyway, the person's brought out, um, I think he had pancakes with some dollops of butter on it and he's looked at it and he thought, where's the knife and fork? And he said to the waiter, um, where's the knife and fork? And the guy turns around and he says, over there. <laughs> and uh, it's like, okay. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah definitely not, not an interaction. Okay. Yeah. yeah, not okay. I hate when that happens. So, Jill, how does knowing the difference win our customers' heart and help our business to thrive? So I think that, to me, what sums it up best actually is Maya Angelou's quote, right? We, we don't remember exactly what we've said, what someone has said, what they did, but we remember how they made us feel. And I think you win their hearts when they have a visceral response, a reaction, a feeling. There's something uplifted. They walk out of your store and their or a restaurant and they feel like they've got a smile from the inside out and they're happy and they're not really sure why. Mm -hmm. That means you've succeeded in creating that interaction, that pampering, that great feeling from them. And there are certainly ways which I train on as to how to have your customers experience that. But it is really something that in order to get to their heart and to win their heart and their loyalty for you, you need to genuinely look at them as a person and not like you're just trying to make that sale. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I'm, what I'm hearing there is it really comes down to intent. You know, am I looking at this person as somebody I can serve or am I looking at somebody that's putting dollars in my pocket? Exactly. And and people feel, and we're going back to the feeling, right? I People feel what your intention is. And, you know, there, there's smile training that happens all the time with companies. But then when someone comes out with a fake smile, you can sense it. You know it, <laughs> right? Like there's just, it's amazing. Someone's forced. And then as soon as they turn away from you, the smile's off their face. Yeah. So that's not genuine. It doesn't come from the inside. And I think when customers feel that a employee or manager, anyone will engage them, interact with them, and it's real and they really are interested in how they can serve them, recognizing that they're doing us a favor by being there, right? The privilege is ours as a business to serve our customers, not the other way around. And I think so sadly, often businesses get a little uppity and feel like they're doing us a pleasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Now, you've got a really unique story, haven't you? You literally grew up in the restaurant industry. So tell us about that. I did. My parents opened McDonald's number 150 in 1959 in Ocala, Florida. And uh, I, I literally, as you said, grew up like climbing on potato sacks in the back and on, on boxes. And my first job, it's, it's funny, today they would probably call it customer first impression. Uh, I was answering the phone. I was seven years old and my sisters were older than me and they were able to work the shake machines, actually the very shake machines that Ray Kroc sold to the McDonald's brothers, the multi-mixers. Wow. And, uh, and I would answer the phone, you know, McDonald's is your kind of place. May I help you please? And, um, that was, you know, my beginning and I did everything from counting inventory, fry bags and um, wrappers and I would work my way up to the front because even as a young teenager, I loved the engagement and the interaction with the people. And when I could do, as I was trained in McDonald's, to smile and greet them and be really speedy and fast then that was something that I, I love to do. And so I grew up with that culture and those kind of values of how to serve our customers. And my mom was very much an entrepreneur and involved in the business. And it was really, it was, it was a great foundation for all the things that I ended up doing later on in my life. 
And it's interesting that you say there, you know, learning to smile, to greet and to be speedy and fast. And I think that that's something that I've noticed seems to have changed over the years. You know, certainly we've been to America and spent um, quite an amount of time there and also in Australia where, um, well, I'll just give you an example. The other night we went to the movies and I said to my husband, man, can they not go any slower? Like it just seemed to be, duh, 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 you know, and, and of course, you know, it was our, our fault. We were running a bit late and wanted to get in there. And I'm like, oh, come on, hurry up, speed it up a bit. Yeah, well, it makes a difference. If you're going to a place like McDonald's, uh, you know, more with today they call it a quick service restaurant, not fast food as we did in the day, mm -hmm. um, then that's an expectation. You mentioned at the start of the, the call, right, and expectations that we set. And so I think if that's what you stand for, then that's what you need to invoke in your employees so that they can manifest that for your customers. While if you're go making a choice to spend a nice evening out, you want to wine, you want to dine, then it's okay to be a little slower, but the quality and the experience still needs to go along with that. So it's not just speed alone. And it's setting up the expectation, of course. Yeah, yeah. And do you think that that is something that comes from the top? Like is that that's the, the value set? Because I look at it and I think, wow, it, how is the manager tolerating this? Or have they not been trained? And and I'm guessing that that's what you help people do. Exactly. And that's the question I find myself asking a lot. Like, how is it possible that this is going on? And the manager standing right there witnessing it. I've had many a conversation with managers um, and after having had a bad experience with whether it's a restaurant or software company, whatever it was, and I would say to them, I give them my feedback. And the other day, for example, we were out. There was a new restaurant in town, super excited to try it. And it was really bad. <laughs> it was very disappointing because I was really um, enthusiastic in the beginning and very optimistic because he asked us. It was a burger joint. But mm -hmm. nevertheless, how would you like that prepared? And we told him, you know, make sure it was a pink center, et cetera. And we sit down. All four of us, very overcooked, very greasy. The lettuce was limp and just oil. It was just nasty. It was really bad. And when the guy who took our order came back over to the table, I made a comment about it. And he just said, oh, really? Oh, sorry. And he just walked away. Ooh. He didn't ask, can we remake it for you? How can we help you? How can we make this you know, experience better for you? Nothing. He just walked away. And then it went on. I won't take you through the whole experience, but it was the same kind of thing. And when we got up to leave, there was, I think he was the manager standing there and he said, oh, how's everything? Is everything okay? And, and they expect you just to say, yeah, it's fine. And I, my family did. And I said, well, are you really interested to know the truth? And my family, my kids almost <laughs> died. But um, I, I went on to explain to him, you know, what happened. And my daughter said, mom, at least tell them what you do. So it doesn't seem like I'm just a, you know, complaining person. And that I think is the biggest problem. Most people will not actually complain. They will walk out. In fact, 96% of people will leave without ever expressing their discontent and they'll never come back and they'll go online and they'll give you bad ratings and bad reviews, but then you don't have an opportunity to make it better. Mm -hmm. so I said to my daughter, you know, that they deserve to know they're a new business. They're opening up in order for them to be better. How are they going to know if they don't know where they went wrong? Yeah, and that's a really good point. And I thought that that was only Aussies. We say we vote with our feet. You know, we won't mm -hmm. confront and, and say anything on the, the day. But uh, just as you said, and that's really interesting, 96% of people. And um, so we're going to take a short break now. And when we come back, let's look at what you found are the three most common mistakes restaurants, companies and brands make with their customer experience. Stay with us and we'll be right back. Shirley Dalton's mission is to inspire, educate and support you to be, do, have and feel what you want. That's why she recommends using Mind Movies. Create your very own digital vision board. Take it with you on your smartphone, tablet or computer. See it, hear it, feel it, have it. Go to ShirleyDalton.com slash go slash Mind Movies. Again, that's ShirleyDalton.com forward slash go forward slash Mind Movies. Get started today. Sign up right now to create your idea. 
ideal business lifestyle. Do you want to get the media to notice you, your brand, or your business? Just Todd says it's easier than you think. He should know. He set a Guinness record for being interviewed the most times in 24 hours. 112 different radio stations. He can also show you how to get featured on major TV networks and national newspapers. In fact, he's giving away many of his top secrets to listeners of this show. Just go to MediaCheatSheet.com. That's MediaCheatSheet.com to get the free info on creating the media attention you deserve. You are listening to Reclaim Your Freedom with Shirley Dalton. If you have a question or comment about the program, please go to ShirleyDalton.com and send a voicemail or use the contact form. That's ShirleyDalton.com. Now, back to Reclaim Your Freedom. Welcome back. You're listening to Reclaim Your Freedom. I'm Shirley Dalton, and today we're talking with customer experience strategist Jill Raff. Now, just before the break, we were talking about what happens when you have a nasty experience as a customer, and what 96% of us will do is say nothing at the time. We might then go and write a nasty review, but we'll vote with our feet. And so, Jill, it's really important for people to learn, you know, some of the mistakes that we make with customer service. So tell us what are the three most common mistakes restaurants, companies and brands make with their customer experience? Well, I think, surely that, uh, gosh, there's so many and many are very layered, but I think restaurants are always juggling what's happening next and they're busy putting out fires instead of having a plan, having a process, looking from the top as you actually um, indicated earlier about where does it start? Does it start at the top? Is it the owner, the manager that then trains the employees that goes down? And so people are busy putting out fires and instead of really being obsessed with the customer's experience and building out that plan accordingly, then they wouldn't have to be putting out fires. So that's, that's one. Um, two is investing in your employees. And it all goes hand in hand. And it really means by investing in your employees, starting with making sure that you're hiring employees that are in alignment with your core values and of course with customer experience being a a key part of those core values Mm -hmm. and investing in their training and hiring the right people and checking assessments to maybe make sure that you're using them in the right task and the position so that they are happy when they're happy your customers will be happy and last I think is being relational always coming back to not being transactional, but being relational in your experience. And uh, while I think most business owners think they're prioritizing customers, if you look at a lot of reviews that are not at all responded to, you'll see a big discrepancy there. In fact, one fact which is amazing to me, Bain & Company did a study that showed that 80% of business owners think that they are prioritizing their customer and giving a great experience, while only eight, that's a single digit, 8% of customers actually feel that their needs are being met by the companies. That's just crazy. That's amazing, isn't it? Yeah. So huge disparity there. And so I think we have to be relational. We have to know what our customers are thinking and make sure that we are addressing what they want and how they perceive because their perception is ultimately our reality. Yeah, exactly. So how do we find that out? You know, do we survey them? Do we ask them? How do we find that out? I'm just, you know, thinking of our listeners there and I'm sure that um, many of you are, are now thinking, oh, what's our customer experience like? Because it's a really important conversation that we're having. So if, uh, if we think 80% of us think that we're doing a great job and yet only 8% of customers think so, that, that's a big discrepancy. It sure is a dangerous discrepancy. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I, so there, there are many ways. Um, again, part of one of my uh, ingredients in, in the process of training. But I think one is, of course, surveys, ratings. Or we've got systems that are already built in place through the social media, through Yelp, through OpenTable for restaurants, for example. And Yelp does all sorts of businesses. And 
one simple one is simply looking there to see what people are saying, good or bad, and utilizing that information and responding to them. A recent study just came out that actually proved that good or bad, if they were engaged with these customers, even disgruntled ones, would not only come back, the, the amount of business increased and the price point at which they would spend also increased. Wow. Which is phenomenal. It's such a simple fix, and yet it blows my mind how few managers are actually engaging with their customers once they walk out their door. Right. So what you're saying is that one way that we can find out is by going onto these social medias, and it's not just our own fan page by the sounds of that. So you're looking at, at other places like Yelp and Open Table where people are actually rating um, the the service or you know whatever it was that they they went for so looking at that and then what you're saying is if you engage then uh, even with the disgruntled ones your business in, increases and so does the price point absolutely that's right and that's one simple way right and don't expect them to come to your page they're going to be out there, especially the disgruntled ones, they're going to be out there wanting to like let the world know that they're angry and they had a bad experience and this was bad. People sadly really want to go out and rant. And um, so go where they are, speak their language, interact with them. And then one of the things that I do that I think is a little unique because I come from such a diverse background across multiple continents and multiple industries is utilize strategies from other experiences and businesses that I've had. And for example, in real estate, there are other ways and forms of going through and following after the fact, the call to actions, uh, assessments, reaching out. There, there's a multitude of ways that we can continue to engage with our customers. And that's why it's important to know who our customers are, to get some of their personal information, make them feel special, know their personal needs. And um, one of the things I say is that when uh, when details of your customers you will know and in the cash will flow. Oh, love it. <laughs> Say that again. <laughs> details of your customers you will know and in your cash will flow. I love it because that was a question that I was going to ask you. In what tangible ways does customer service impact a, a business's bottom line? And you've just told us that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You know, think of when we go, when people who live in smaller towns, one of the things they love about it is because when they go to the dry cleaners, when they go fill up with gas, when they go to pick up some milk and eggs, when they're greeted by name, hi, Shirley, so great to see you again. You know, how's everything? How's your husband? How? When people refer to you and know your personal details, they know your family, and, and, and every business isn't going to know that level of detail. I get it. It could be as simple as, when someone comes back to a restaurant that you have in your system, you know that they've been there before. You know where, where they like to sit. Maybe you know their favorite wine or their favorite food. You refer back to that and they think, wow, they actually have looked, remembered things about me and they've looked up what I did last time. They care. Again, it goes back to caring who they are as a person and not just looking at them as a customer. Yeah, I love that. And that just reminds me to um, uh, reading about the e-myth with Michael Gerber. And mm. some, sometimes it's you can put in systems that will give the person, you know, that, that feeling that you've remembered. But what it is, it's, it's that caring that comes from it in the first place. Like you care enough to put a system in to, to know that when the person comes, they have a black coffee. Uh, yeah, why you'd want to drink one of those in America, I don't know, but anyway. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. And, and just to a nod to remembering who they are, people feel cared about and everyone, especially today, my goodness, people are so disconnected and there's so much chaos that when people can come together and be connected through a personal interaction, wow. That just speaks volumes and carries so much value in the marketplace as well as on a personal level. Yeah, and as you say, your your experience goes across not just the hospitality industry and the restaurant industry, but you've been in real estate and you've been in um, fashion. I was in the franchising organisation and my job was to look after the franchisees. 
And I used to write down. So if somebody was telling me, um, oh, my daughter's having a baby or something, I would just put it in my mm. diary, you know, that in six months' time to follow up and say, how's your daughter going or making little notes like that. And so, you know, you can you can put these systems in place so that people, so that you are remembering because, you know, if you've got 200 people to look after, you can't remember every detail. Of course. But what I'm hearing from you is is that this is real attention to detail um, and it really comes back to that intent again. You know, if we care about our customers, if we're having an interaction with them and making them feel special, then certainly it's going to make them feel happy, which is going to impact your business's bottom line. That's right. And it's great. What you just described was exactly what we're trained to do in real estate. And when you people have a CRM and I'm sure businesses have their own version is you you write in those details. You write in if they have a dog, when their anniversary is um, all the details. For example, um, so I'm still active realtor and I have all of my um, past clients, their anniversary date of their closing. And so I sent an email to my a seller and wrote her and said, congratulations, this is your anniversary. Thank you so much for entrusting me with your sale. And it was such a pleasure to work from you and I hope you're enjoying where you've moved to, et cetera. And she wrote back and said, oh my gosh, you were the hardest working realtor I have ever met. And it was just some, such a simple little thing because I had it in my calendar. It triggered an alert. I popped off a, an email to her and it gave me a chance to reconnect. And she said, I will definitely refer to you when anyone needs a realtor if they're looking to buy or sell. Oh, I love it. I love it. And, and something and, so simple. Yes. Yeah. And so that says to me too is you're wanting to be top of mind with people as well. And so again, yes. the more service you provide for people, the more top of mind you are. Absolutely. And that is the key is top of mind. There's so much competition out there today with any business. No one's reinventing the wheel. And so if you're nothing more than a service, which to me is equivalent to the transaction, the service is the basic transaction. It's giving them the experience that may separates you and, and distinguishes you from others and makes you want to come back because there's a plethora of choices out there for people to make. And, um, you know, I just feel like, Good customer service is a business transaction and good customer experience good a good customer experience is positive memorable interaction. Make sure uh -huh. I said that right. Good customer service is a business transaction while good customer experience is a positive memorable interaction. Okay. Well, listeners, I want you to think about that. Look at your business and think about your customers and how would you rate? If we asked your customers to rate you on a scale of 1 to 10, I wonder what would be your rating and what would be your customers and uh, what are you training? Because as Jill said, that the three biggest mistakes are that we don't have a plan and we're not building out the plan based on the customer service. We're not investing in our employees and we're not hiring people in alignment with our values. And then we're not being relational in our experience. So really important points to think about. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Shirley Dalton's mission is to inspire, educate, and support you to be, do, have, and feel what you want. That's why she recommends using Mind Movies. Create your very own digital vision board. Take it with you on your smartphone, tablet, or computer. See it, hear it, feel it, have it. Go to ShirleyDalton.com slash go slash Mind Movies. Again, that's ShirleyDalton.com forward slash go forward slash Mind Movies. Get started today. Sign up right now to create your idea business lifestyle. Do you want to get the media to notice you, your brand, or your business? Jess Todfeld says it's easier than you think. He should know. He set a Guinness record for being interviewed the most times in 24 hours. 112 different radio stations. He can also show you how to get featured on major TV networks and national newspapers. In fact, he's giving away many of his top secrets to listeners of this show. Just go to MediaCheatSheet.com. That's MediaCheatSheet.com to get the free info on creating the media attention you deserve. You are listening to Reclaim Your Freedom with Shirley Dalton. 
If you have a question or comment about the program, please go to ShirleyDalton.com and send a voicemail or use the contact form. That's ShirleyDalton.com. Now, back to Reclaim Your Freedom. And we're back. Well, how did you go? Did you rate yourself on a a score from 1 to 10? (laughs) Are you doing well or could you, in in fact, learn a few things and improve your customer service or, in particular, your customer experience? Because we're talking today with Jill Raff and Jill is known as the customer experience strategist and we've been talking a little bit about the evolution between the words customer service and customer experience. So, Jill, tell us how come you're known as the customer experience strategist and just recap a little bit on the difference and, you know, why this is so important. Sure, absolutely. So I was very specific by using the word strategist because um, I think that there are always platforms and there's always methods of of doing things. However, the strategies to me are really very thought provoking, very insightful, using experiences from the past, pulling all sorts of ideas. They're not just tactics, but they're combining tools and ways of thinking, changing mindset around ideas and pulling together so many different areas to really strategize and talk to and and work through, co-create with my clients what's going to best serve their needs at that point in time. And yes, as we touched on before, not customer service. In my mind, the service is the transaction. It's the basic given of why you're in business. It's the customer experience that sets you apart, that people are willing to come back for, that people are willing even to pay more money for. Mm-hmm. And everyone wants an experience. We're grow- We're actually now living very much in an experiential age. Look at our smartphones, our iPads, our everything we touch, we swipe, we, we're, we're interacting daily. And that's the way people want to have their experience when they go out to buy or eat in a restaurant. Yeah, that's interesting too. Even in the training field, like I do some training and uh, one of the um, comments that I got, I'm just putting some training together for a company and they're really keen to have the gamification. You know, this is the new buzzword in training, which is experience. You know, it's just experiential learning. (laughs) Absolutely. And studies show as well that people not only do they enjoy it more, but they learn more and they retain more information when their bodies are moving and they're active and they're involved in it, when it is experiential and not just being kind of sped, you know, spewed out to them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All right. Um, so... We know, unfortunately, things don't always work perfectly and not every customer has a five-star experience. So what do we do? How can we successfully handle the hiccups and problems? Oh, you know, it's an opportunity. I look at it that there's nothing wrong with messing up. Messing up is human. It's how we actually handle it and correct it that matters. In fact, People will embrace you more when you mess up and show you're human, that you own it, and that you are there to make it right by them, to make them happy, and do whatever it takes to earn their repeat business and their satisfaction. And so I think whether it's in the moment when an employee is engaged with your customer, if there is an issue or a problem, that they ask questions, that they really listen more to what they customers are saying, use their language, hear what they want, be able to provide them with a solution. And likewise, after they've left the experience, look at the reviews, which we touched on before, actually take time to engage, to respond. It's when people just are dismissive. It's read as dismissive. Let's put it that way. When people don't react or respond when they're hearing that there's a problem, people equate that as not caring. And who wants to go do business with someone who doesn't care? It's bad enough that you had the bad experience, but you don't want to have to pay for it as well and not be appreciated on top of it, right? Who needs that? So you'll go to find someone else next time around. Yes, somebody who loves and appreciates me and shows it. 
Yes, a celebrity customer experience. I love that. I, I did a, um, a celebrity boot camp recently over in California and we were all made up and we had our hair done and then we had all of these videos and things taken. And I, I have to say, I, I loved it. Yeah, I really did feel like a celebrity. Yeah. <laughs> right. And think about they are always pampered to. They're always just totally get everything. It's not even a matter about whether they get for free, but they are pampered and they are totally embraced and why shouldn't everyone feel that way? Why do you have to have, be famous for that? And we all understand when you say celebrity customer experience, you know what that means because we know how celebrities are treated. Yes. And their dollar isn't worth any more than our dollar, right? Like yeah. why, why should they be treated differently? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So I, I think it's really important that everybody be treated with that same celebrity customer experience and then watch the reviews go from there. Mm -hmm. They'll they'll fly and your customers will become your marketing sales force and you won't need to spend as much money on marketing because your customers are out there doing it for you. Oh, I love that. Your customers become your sales force. So again, I'm going to challenge our listeners here. When was the last time that a client or a customer of yours sent you another one? And, um, you know, back to the, the old insurance days where I think some of the training was you'd sit down at the table and uh, you'd just sign them up for the insurances or the life insurance or something. And then it was, so, Bob, who have you got for a referral for me? And I used to think, <laughs> you know, I heard that training and I think, oh, man, I could not do that. Um, because if you do a good job, as you're saying, your customers will go and tell people anyway. They will, and you can easily prompt them. I mean, that is one part of my process because there's there's an interesting uh, phenomena about reciprocal arrangements, reciprocal agreements, and there's almost an unspoken reciprocal agreement when you do really well by a customer and you ask them, you know, please come back again, tell your friends about us. It's a small little simple seed that you're planting in their mind of what you want to happen. And if you've treated them well, well, of course they will. Why wouldn't they? They want to return the favor, so to speak. Even though they're paying for their service, they want to return. They want to get the word out. And so it is this wonderful synchronicity and this relationship that happens if you treat them well. And if you you know, use the right call to actions in a genuine way. So it's not cheesy and salesy. Yes, that's right. And and what you say um, brings up a really important point. I remember with the franchisees that we looked after and um, th one of them had mentioned that he could use some more uh, students. They were teaching students English and maths. And one mm. of the parents said, oh, I didn't know that. Oh, sure. And so, yes, we do need to be prompted um, and to be encouraged. But as you say, it's in the way and the manner that we do that. Um, and I'm just mindful of the time, Jill, and I know that you've got your seven ingredient customer experience transformation process. So um, how about we start with a couple of those and, um, and then we might continue them over the break as well. So um, tell us about your seven ingredient customer experience transformation process. Absolutely. So my seven ingredient customer experience process is really built on the foundation of three strong main pillars. And those three pillars are your core values and mission statement, a really a guiding one that will follow through in every other step of your business. Your second one is your team, the relationship capital. What is the relationship you're creating both with your team and with your customers? And the third is marketing. And the marketing is the smallest piece because if you do the first two right, then you have little expenses needed, little time needed to have to focus on paid hard marketing efforts. As I mentioned before, your customers will become your marketing sales force for you. Mm -hmm. So within those three pillars, yeah, for the values, the first one the values, your core values and mission statement, and then your asset aligned hiring. Are you hiring people that are in sync and in alignment with your core values and your mission? And once you hire those people with the correct character, are they being utilized in the best place so that 
you are tapping in, you're asking for their feedback, you're giving them authority and allowing them to make decisions, which also makes people feel more valued. And you're gonna end up with more productivity, higher and higher results, both in terms of the productivity they do there in-house while they're working, as well as the customer's experience as a result. And of course, it all trickles out from there. Okay, so so in your seven ingredients, we've got we start with the three um, the three pillars. You you were saying the first one is your core values and your mission, um, and then the second one was around your team, and then hiring the right people um, and making sure they're in the right spot, and then marketing. You were saying is the smallest component of that. Correct. The second one is the relationship capital, your team and relationships, both with your team and your customers. Okay. And I'll, I'll go into more of that, um, the specifics, if we have time. Sure. Okay. Well, let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, let's get into that seven ingredient customer experience process. Stay with us and we'll be right back. Shirley Dalton's mission is to inspire, educate, and support you to be, do, have, and feel what you want. That's why she recommends using Mind Movies. Create your very own digital vision board. Take it with you on your smartphone, tablet, or computer. See it, hear it, feel it, have it. Go to ShirleyDalton.com slash go slash Mind Movies. Again, that's ShirleyDalton.com forward slash go forward slash Mind Movies. Get started today. Sign up right now to create your idea. Deal business lifestyle. Do you want to get the media to notice you, your brand, or your business? Just Todfeld says it's easier than you think. He should know. He set a Guinness record for being interviewed the most times in 24 hours. 112 different radio stations. He can also show you how to get featured on major TV networks and national newspapers. In fact, he's giving away many of his top secrets to listeners of this show. Just go to MediaCheatSheet.com. That's MediaCheatSheet.com to get the free info on creating the media attention you deserve. You are listening to Reclaim Your Freedom with Shirley Dalton. If you have a question or comment about the program, please go to ShirleyDalton.com and send a voicemail or use the contact form. That's ShirleyDalton.com. Now, back to Reclaim Your Freedom. And we're back. Wow. This is just an absolutely fascinating conversation that we're having today. You're listening to Reclaim Your Freedom. I'm Shirley Dalton, and we're talking with Jill Raff, who is a customer experience strategist. And we've talked about the importance of actually having a strategy around your customer experience not only for uh, a better customer experience for your customers, but also, you know, being strategic then about less marketing, about increasing your bottom line and about having happy team members. So it's a really important and it's also a fun conversation. Now, just to recap, Jill, you were telling us there that you've got seven ingredient customer experience transformation process. But at the top of that, you've actually got the three core pillars, which you mentioned, and that's the values, the relationship capital, and marketing. So give us a little bit more information then about your seven ingredients. It's my pleasure. So uh, you're correct. So in the first pillar, which is your values, the first two ingredients are really establishing or re-looking at, if you're an existing company, your core values and your mission statement and making sure that your customer's experience is a central driver within that. The second step would be asset-aligned hiring, which I touched on just before the last break, where you want to make sure that initially when you're recruiting people, whoever you're bringing in is aligned with the same character, values, the appreciation, the mindset that you have established within your core values and your mission. And then, yes, go ahead. Yeah, so I was just going to say then, so we've got the core pillar of values and then underneath that you've actually got two of your seven ingredients, which is exactly 
Right, got it. So looking at your core values, your mission statement, but as you said, making the customer experience the driver for that because often companies will come up with these lovely fluffy values, oh, <laughs> yeah. teamwork and communication and integrity and you just think, oh, man, you know, and you see none of right. that. Unicorns and it's all beautiful, but there's nothing tangible there to be to build your business around. Right. So we're looking at that as a driver and then we're also looking at um, hiring people, recruiting people based on those values again. And isn't it interesting how we can give plenty of examples of, of not good customer experiences and we had Australia Day holiday here just recently and there was young one young girl at a grocery store and she was absolutely miserable because <laughs> the majority of other people were out enjoying Australia Day and that and mm-hmm. and in fact she said to my husband and how are you and he said oh, I'm absolutely fantastic and how are you and she said well I'm not <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> wow. So I'm not sure that she was hired in alignment with the company's values. Right. Or and she wasn't probably trained very well either and that again tying in another life, another experience I have in profession in real estate, we are trained with scripts. We're trained on how objection handling, how to respond when people say one thing or they have another experience which evokes another emotion which creates a different reaction. How do you respond to all these things? And I have never experienced anyone in the workplace that has been trained on how to do that. So they just rely on the person that they have and whatever training or education or what they experienced at home to influence how they are the face of the the company interacting with their customer. That, mm-hmm. That's a really, to me, a big risk to just throw people out there without really making sure they have the goods and understanding of how you want them to respond that's in alignment with your values and who you are as a brand. And that comes back to that investing in the people and it reminds me of that old cliche where you know people say, oh, uh, when posed with training in investing in their staff you know what if I train them and they leave what if you don't and they stay yeah that's beautiful absolutely that is so poignant perfectly stated absolutely (laughs) all right so second core pillar is relationship capital what are our ingredients under this exactly so your third ingredient that falls under relationship capital is Going in, I would go in or teammate would go in and originally do a strategic asset review. So this is assuming you already are an established business. Looking at everything to get a real picture, not the perception of what the business thinks they have going on, but a genuine picture of what is happening. And that starts from interviews from stakeholders, from the owners, to the managers, to the employees, to the dishwashers, and with your customers. Getting a sampling of everyone that's a part of your company process and really getting a true picture on what it is that you have. What are your assets? What's working for you and what's not? Mm-hmm. Okay. The next one would be effective onboarding and perpetual training. I, I suggest at least quarterly training to continue that, to keep it front of mind. So um, effective onboarding, it would depend upon your company and what your needs are. Go in, we would make a unique roadmap for your company and what your needs are, but always framed back against the outline of this training Mm -hmm. and really making sure that the next step after you've got your employees that you want in the right place and you're seeing what the people's feelings are about things, now going in and really training them to be the face of your company that you want, to know how to respond to things, to have them in agreement and make sure they acknowledge, they sign off, that they are a part of this. They need to be vested in the success of your company as if it's their own. And that's super important. And so it's going through the training and making sure that that is very clear, setting them out, letting them then go out and do their thing, but not having it be like a boot camp where you get this intense training and then nothing again. It needs to be something where they're involved on at least a quarterly basis to go back and review those different training elements, what's working for them, what's not, what's their experience, and learn and listen from your own employees. Okay. 
and is ingredient five in our second or third core pillar? It's in our second pillar, which is evaluation and implementation. Mm -hmm. So after you see what happens, you, you reevaluate, you look at the data, you make those tweaks, those changes, because it's iterative, it's always going to be changing, we're human, make those changes, and then implement again. And that becomes a continued, uh, perpetual continuation of your business. Okay, great. And um, are we up to, we're up to ingredient yes. six, where does that fit? Yes, yeah, so the next is the next pillar, which is your marketing. Mm -hmm. And so that next ingredient would be your compelling call to action. And we touched a little bit on that earlier today, but it has to do with letting the companies um, establish themselves and their brand and then use those same values to let your customers know what you want from them next. Don't just let them walk out the door and it sounds really silly, but again, people want to be told what to do. They want the guidance. They want the direction. So little call to actions, whether it's you set up which whatever is suiting for your brand, words as they leave, or a phone call. There are many different ways that you can do call to action. And then the last one would be your fortune follow through. No matter how great you do, if there's no, and I don't say follow up, I mean truly follow through. Uh -huh. And and I see that as different because it's a continuation of the process. It's a piece, an important part of it. And that's where the fortune is. So many businesses lose customers and they show that in fact, customers are worth 10 times more than their first purchase on repeat visits. So it's following through, it's staying in touch with them, it's reaching out to them. And that's why I call it the fortune follow through. And if you do all those other pieces, right, this is really the smallest piece because if you do all the steps prior, then the marketing will be very small because your customers will be out there working it for you and that won't cost you anything. You've taken it. care of them. It's a part of your process. I love it. Okay. Well, we're just about out of time. So where can people find you? You can find me at jillraff.com. Okay, and that's J-I-L-L-R-A-F-F, -F, just in case my accent gets in the way. <laughs> Correct. I'm also on LinkedIn under Jill Raff as well, and uh, my Facebook page, Jill Raff, Customer Experience Strategist. Okay, well, that, Jill, that's absolutely amazing. You've been from McDonald's to Harrods to $20 million in real estate sales and now helping business owners to really get what it means to deliver a celebrity customer experience and, of course, win your customer's heart and watch your business thrive. So, Jill. Thank I you. Yeah. Yeah, I could talk with you for hours about your um, about customers and celebrity customer experiences. Unfortunately, we're out of time for today. Listeners, as always, I encourage you to implement what Jill has shared with us today and certainly go and have a look at your customer experience. And if you need some help, you know where to find Jill so that you too can reclaim your freedom and continue to create your ideal business lifestyle. Thank you for joining Shirley Dalton and her amazing guest this week on Reclaim Your Freedom. Please tune in again next week for an inspirational and educational edition. Until then, be sure to implement what you've learned today to create your ideal business lifestyle. Have a great week, and we'll see you back here for the next show.